We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody. <laughs> let's get over to let's get over to one Thess. Oh, we're gonna do First Thessalonians. One Thess. Wow. <laughs> so, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's conversation with Dan. It's always nice to be back here having a discussion with you, Dan. <laughs> Um, as always, we want to encourage everyone, if you haven't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel or if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, go check out one of those two spaces. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on in there, but it's especially fun when you're commenting and we can kind of talk back and forth about the different things that we're discussing. Tell us how you feel about it. Tell us what yeah. your questions are. And, and if you have ever read our comments, that does not mean we're just fishing for compliments. We have plenty of other things that are going on, on in the comments as well. Yep. So, where are we this week? We're in 1 Thessalonians. Okay, 1 Thessalonians, <laughs> one of the letters of Paul. Yeah, um, when we um, get into this letter, it's probably one of the earliest letters of the New Testament. Hmm. And first, we'll briefly talk about the situation that evoked the letter. If you read Acts 17, Paul spent about three weeks, maybe four, mm -hmm. in Thessalonica and converted uh, the people there. And it was under great pressure from the Jewish community. Uh, they were being persecuted. Paul had to leave. Yeah. And from the day that he left, <clears throat> he was worried about this group of Christians because they were so enthusiastic, but they were under such great persecution that he wondered whether they would remain faithful or not. Yeah. So um, look at, if you will, sec, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17 through 20. This kind of gives you Paul's emotion about how much he wanted to get back to be with these people so he could take care of them. Yeah. He says, But <clears throat> since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, mm -hmm. not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. Because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan has hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. And notice in verse 18, Paul had tried time and time again to get back to them so he could help them with their fledgling faith, but Satan kept him from it. Satan yeah. didn't want him getting back there because Satan wanted him to fail. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> um, if you'll read verse 1 and 2 of the next chapter, mm -hmm. Paul uses a word which means we couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> verse, verse 1. Okay. He says, Therefore, when we could no longer bear it, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith. All right, so... Paul said, I couldn't stand it any longer. I had to know about whether you were okay or not. Mm. So he sent his right-hand man, Timothy, yeah. to go back and, and to check on them and build them up. And if you'll go down to chapter 3, verse 6, 
I think this gives us, read six and six through eight there, it gives us why the letter was written. Okay. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, he has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. All right, you can just feel the great heaving sigh of relief. Mm, yeah. And Timothy gets there, he gives the news that they're still hanging in there, they're still faithful, they still love you, Paul, they haven't given up the ship, and he says, now we can live if you stand fast in yeah. the Lord. That's how worried Paul was about them, and that's what caused him to write this letter. Okay. All right? Yeah. So if we go back to chapter 1, um, Paul is reminding them of, of their conversion and their faith. And he uses a word imitators. He does this three times in the mm -hmm. book. If you look at verse 6, read verse 6 in chapter 1 for us. He says, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. All right. It's because they received the word in much affliction. This was not easy. It, no. Right from the very beginning, they were being persecuted, so it was very difficult. Yeah. You know, we had news from India this week that that one of our preachers over there was killed this past week, and yeah. some of the converts were killed. So right from the right from the beginning of their faith, they were under great pressure to yeah. give it up. And kind so, of just to build on that and tie it in, they already knew there was going to be pressure. Yes. And yet they they came did it anyway. anyway. That's and right. It's kind of the same thing here. Paul's like, there was great pressure, and yet I know that I'm now found out that you did it anyway. You That's right. Yeah. So you were imitator imitators of us, Paul, who had done many things as a Christian under great persecution, mm -hmm. and of the Lord Jesus, who did yeah. what God wanted him to do under persecution. Right. And then if you go over to the next chapter, verse mm -hmm. 14, chapter 2, verse 14, he uses this imitators again. Yeah. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Jesus Christ that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. All right. So the Jews had grievously persecuted the churches in Judea. You can go back to Acts 8 with Saul's persecution and how everybody was scattered, etc. Yeah. Read, read verse 15. Paul expounds on mm. this Jewish persecution, 15 and 16. He says, Who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displeased God and opposed all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins. But God's wrath has come upon them at last. All right, so there's another, you know, there's three different occasions there where he says you were imitators, and each time yeah. it's somebody that under great stress and under great persecution went ahead and did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. So the setting of the letter, Paul was worried sick. He sent Timothy. Timothy comes back with the good news. Paul mm -hmm. is totally relieved. He, he writes the letter. He tells them, you've been imita imitators of us and of the Lord. You've been imitators of the church in Judea. Yeah. You've been imitators of all these great people that have stayed faithful under persecution. Yeah. All right. Then another thematic um, part of this is it seems that in this letter, as well as Second Thessalonians, which we're not doing today because doing I'm too now. lazy. All right. <laughs> next time. But <laughs> he talks about the parousia, the coming of the Lord, a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. And he, when he preached the gospel to these people, 
the, the basic facts of the gospel, the death of Christ for our sins, the resurrection of Christ, mm-hmm. his enthronement as Lord, the fact that he is coming again as judge. These were, these were really powerful principles that were hammered home. Mm-hmm. And so in 1 Thessalonians, uh, reminding them of all this in verses 9 through 11, he talks about that and reminds them that they're living yeah. under persecution mm-hmm. in view of the coming of the Lord. Read 9 right. through 10 there. Uh, he says, now concerning brotherly love. You no, have... no. 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10. Oh, 9 and 10 of 1. I was already in the end of 4. Okay. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. All right. Now you turn to God from idols mm-hmm. to serve God mm-hmm. and to wait for his son. Right. Who's going to deliver us. You know, many of us today, we think, you know, we're Christians, but we really don't strongly focus on the idea that we're waiting for his son to return and deliver us from wrath. We don't really live with that perspective yeah. very often. Now, when you go over to chapter two, where you were uh, a minute ago, and Paul was saying, uh, how he tried to get to them time and time again, verse 18, and mm-hmm. Satan hindered them. Yeah. Read verse 19 and 20 there for us again. Yeah, it says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. All right, so again, Paul emphasizes Jesus is coming. And when he comes, we're going to rejoice over you because you're going to still be faithful to him and you're going to be saved. Right. Go over to chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And let's look down here at verse 13. Okay. Let's actually start with verse 12. All right. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. All right. So Jesus is coming. And we, when, when he comes, we want to find you blameless. We want to find you mm-hmm. faithful. And, and see, again, every time Paul mentions faithfulness, he mentions the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. See, that's very fundamental. I was going to say, especially in a group of people that are being persecuted, and there's probably in the back of their head that nagging, is this really worth it? Is it really worth it? And he's going, yes, absolutely. And here's why. Yeah, and every day of our lives, <clears throat> if we could somehow manage to live with the perspective that, you know, Jesus is coming and we're going to face judgment in eternity and it is all worth it, whether we're being persecuted yeah. oh, or yeah. not. Uh, in chapter 4, as he really gets to them about what he expects them to do to live faithful Christian lives, mm-hmm. He really gets into this business of the coming of the Lord in 4.13 through 18. Read right. that one for us. Yeah. He says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do, but ha- who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of an archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. All right, and probably the reason for this is there were 
there were people perhaps that had been killed maybe during this persecution. Yeah. And the Christians were grieving over them and wondering if it was worth it. And he reaffirms to them that the Lord Jesus will bring those people with him. Mm -hmm. And he mentions that the dead in Christ, you know, even before we all, the rest of us, go up, the dead in Christ will rise first, verse mm -hmm. 16. Then we that are alive, that are left, shall together with them be caught up that's the word for rapture mm, yeah we'll be raptured we'll be snatched just caught up you know in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and we'll be with them see so yeah so the coming of the lord is when we get together with all those people that have fallen asleep in jesus mm -hmm. another motivator for them and it'll be something that <clears throat> everyone knows is happening absolutely as kind of a foreshadowing of themes to come and it, he makes it clear this isn't going to be some sneaky event. You're trying to get into toothess. I am. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so then in chapter 5, he expounds on this and says, you know, we don't know when this is going to happen, mm -hmm. uh, but you don't have to be totally surprised by it like the pagans who right. don't know God. Uh, start with verse 2 and read a few verses there for us. He says, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are, people are saying there is peace and security, and then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light of the children of day. We are not of the night or of darkness. All right, so, you know, it could happen any time. And he's asking these people who are under persecution to live every moment with the realization that Christ could come, their life could end mm -hmm. at any time, so they need to be ready. And uh, if you go down to verse 9, read 9 and 9 through 11 for us there. It says, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Okay, so uh, again, we're living in view of the coming of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So the, the letter's written about these people he's worried about. He finds out they're faithful, and he, he praises them for being imitators of people that lived mm -hmm. under persecution and says, Jesus could be coming anytime. Live that way. And how much of this is related to like when Jesus was teaching his disciples you know, about constantly being vigilant like how many very much so like the parables yeah. in matthew yeah the, yeah the virgins who had to be prepared the people who had to have their lamps and exactly so all of this is not new material to paul it's again an example of he's reiterating the gospel to them yes and it's the gospel mm -hmm. part of the gospel is the returning of jesus and the judgment and eternity that's yeah. part of the gospel yeah absolutely sometimes we miss that Mm. Look at verse 23. He's, he's talking, is his final prayer, and he mentions the mm. coming of the Lord. 23 and 24. He says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. All right. Notice that almost every place where he makes a point in this, it's relative to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. In the scriptures, the word is parousia, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, mm. message of First Thessalonians, live every day and every moment in view of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and make your decisions, whether to be faithful or not, in view of that great coming. And realize that for Christians, he's the one who will deliver us yeah. from the wrath that is to come.
be it of now or later or all of those in between. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks again for the conversation. Wasn't too long? No. Absolutely not. It was medium. <laughs> and maybe another time we'll do two Thessalonians. Sounds like a plan. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.